Just days away from the highly anticipated first balance of the 2020 AFL season. And of course, it's taking place on a Wednesday uh, because the powers that be thought this was a good idea. But nonetheless, we're still more than excited for footy to finally be back in our lives, especially because I love all of you guys. Um and so thankful for the support you've shown us over the offseason, especially with Donnie's two fantastic series with the Australian fans, as well as the AFLW recap show. So thanks for tuning along. But we're almost to the men's season now, and it's getting real, Donnie. How are we feeling right now? Just about eight days out. Oh, man, it, it, this it cannot be more entertaining time because you're still in that. There's still enough to keep your anxiety and all the excitement still built in, but knowing that it's closer and closer. The only pet peeve that I have is way too many people are like, footy is back. And I'm like, well, footy's been back since January with (laughs) AFLW. So I don't like that comment, especially considering we are recording this on International Women's Day. So again, if you get a chance, keep an eye on AFLW. We'll have our review out for this latest round, the penultimate round here really, really soon. But I'm excited because as we were, before we even hopped on mic, we were like, how are we going to predict our finals? Because Who's there's so many the things. Eight, man. This, this is going to be an exciting, exciting season. This is going to be a gauntlet. There, there are going to be some teams from 15th down that are going to cause some issues, and it's going to be glorious to watch. Yes, it is. And what we've got for you guys today is we got a little bit of a take a look at each team itself. Got the, one of the main questions to focus on for them. We're going to bring our bold predictions for the season, we each got one, as well as our finals predictions and going on to who is going to win the granny this season. But thank you guys so much for tuning in. Of course, I'm your host, Ross Allen, joined alongside by the fourth and long AFL and footy correspondent coach, Donnie Hess. And we're here to end. Donnie specifically is here to drop a little bit of knowledge on you, and I'm here to commentate on it because... It's obvious if you've been listening, if you're just tuning in, you guys are fantastic. Thank you very much. But if you've been listening for a little bit, you know uh, Donnie's definitely the expert here, and I am still a bit of a rookie. And so you're going to get takes that sound like a rookie, but we're more than ready to jump into things here. And starting us first, we're going a little bit off the biblical order. That's a good way to put it. Let's take a look at the Adelaide Crows. Obviously, they didn't have. They, it was a fairly disappointing year last year. They couldn't really do anything without text kicking goals for them, and so that's one of the big questions: is will we see improvement from them from the bottom four, as well as how will that text suspension, um, how, how bad will it hurt them? I think is the best way to phrase that one because if it's anything from last year, they're going to look like a different team. It's going to be very interesting to see how they handle it because and the Crows had a, 
a decent off season. I mean, they bring in Jordan Dawson from the Sydney Swans, which I think was a good pickup for them. Mm-hmm. He brings skill. He brings a great left boot and a great player, but they've got a lot of, a, a lot of solidified players in the midfield. So does he find himself shifted back to the defensive half back line, which he played before at Sydney. So I don't think it's too much of a, an adjustment, mm-hmm. but I, I, the question will be is with Texas, suspension is how will it affect their first three or four games that he's not playing in? Because as we saw last year, no techs, the crows were rather limp when it came to kicking goals up forward. Yes. They've got Riley Philthorpe, who I think is going to be an incredible player, but he is still growing up. He's still learning the game. He's an incredible talent, mm-hmm. but whether his time is now is the biggest question. So the, the crows, and that's what I the hard thing just there's, there's barely get out of I think you can kind of agree that like a young guy, it definitely benefits to be playing with someone in the same lineup mm-hmm. on this field at the same time with a guy, a veteran, a talented veteran like Tex. And so it's hard to I, be, I, have to be that guy at that young of an age. Yeah, and the biggest thing is is that Tex will take your best defender, which will then give him the second or the third defender, which I think helps him because he doesn't have the most difficult matchup. So it'll be very fascinating to see. I think they get out of the bottom four, but I don't think Mm. by much. There's still a few question marks. They still have some injuries in some places that I think are going to hurt them. And there's just still some question marks of whether they are consistent enough this entire season to get out of that bottom four. Consistency is going to be a big deal, um, but there's definitely one team we're going to take a look at when it comes to consistency, and typically that is not this next team, which is the Brisbane Lions, because over the last couple of years, I mean, we've seen them. They've been one of the top teams, all right? They've um, obviously, like you know, most teams, they've had parts where they struggled. Obviously, uh, injuries are a thing, too, especially with Hipwood. Um, I, I think it's safe to say, especially with our preseason predictions from last year, thinking that both of the, we were both thinking that um, pretty high on Lucky Neal in terms of Brownlow, and that definitely did not happen last year. So I guess you can call it that um, disappointing. But is this Brisbane's year to be a real flat contender? And how will that hipwood injury uh, affect them early on in the season? When it comes to hipwood, I, th- I think there's one somewhat saving grace, and that's Cam Reyna coming back from his ACL injury, which he had at the start of last year. So I think he'll be able to kind of mitigate hipwood's loss, which you could kind of yeah. tell affected Brisbane going into the finals last year. Yes, Reyna's not the same player as hipwood. He's not as tall, but he's much more shifty, and I think he gives a little bit more speed and pressure up forward, which I think may give Coach Fagan quite an interesting selection dilemma when it comes to when hipwood is back is that if, if Brisbane is successful with a little bit of a smaller forward line, but quicker, will he kind of maybe sit Hipwood out as the kind of backup to Joe Danaher, who I think had an incredible season last year and kind of showed that he blossomed in Brisbane. And I think that was, but you can kind of tell Danaher doesn't like being the center of attention and Hipwood kind of took a little bit off of him. So we'll definitely mm. have to see how Danaher handles this year. When it comes to flag contenderships with Brisbane, I kind of agree with what several people go is if they stay healthy, it is hard to argue that they are not in the class with the doggies and the D's because so much talent, so Absolutely. much skill, so much athleticism, they're there. I think they were early. I think they actually got into the finals and had some success a couple of seasons earlier than many people su- suspect. So yeah. I honestly, I, 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 I put Brisbane in that, in that top four ish flag contender discussion. Well, th- that's definitely a spot where 
I mean, in, uh, at least on paper, depending on how everything plays out, you know, that's something where, uh, honestly, it might be safe to say that they should be expected to make that top four with the talented of a list that they have. Now, you see time and time again with some of these teams that it's really hard to live up to some of those expectations sometimes, but they definitely have to be in that, you know, that three to six range, at least the middle. They might be able to get to the top, but also it's going to be hard to uh, knock off the reigning, defending, undisputed AFL champions of the world in the Melbourne Demons. Um, so that's a task in itself, and we'll get to them momentarily. But um, Brisbane has, they have the, clearly the talent yeah, but to your point, it's are they going to get snake bitten with injuries again? Um, I guess time will tell if you're a Lions supporter. Definitely going to have to keep your fingers crossed, keep knocking on wood, and any other superstition you got to keep them healthy this season. Um, and someone that's going might need a little bit of luck on their side. Let's talk about the next team, and that is the Carlton Blues. So, is this the year that they actually make the finals? And how is Williams and Saad, um, are they going to be able to show that they were actually good signings? Oh, boy. The ever the ever question, is Williams and Saad <laughs> make it worth the money that they gave them? And, and, and as, I, as I thought about this question, we were discussing or getting this all set up, is I think Williams' best position with Carlton needs to be at the half-back line because I just don't think he has the tank to be a midfielder. Mm. I know that's what they were brought in. There was no – what everybody said, that's the money he's on. He's on midfielder money. Put him at the half-back flanker and let him use his speed. Let him and Saad be the most dangerous half-back flankers in the entire competition, two of the fastest guys in the competition. On the half-back flank, they can use the wing. They can use their speed. Whether they'll be worth the money, it's so hard to tell right now. Mm-hmm. Saad was showing a little bit last year, and Williams, we'll have to see. He was very inconsistent, or he was injured. So I think that was the biggest issue there. Well, that's also a great point that, Blues... that you bring up in moving them to the, to the halfback there. Just because, like, yeah, they might be making midfield money, but what's the point of keeping them there in midfield if they're just going to continue to disappoint. You might as well try to do your best to get the most out of them, which is going to be moving them back like you talked about. And if don't like be prideful of the contract that you gave them, right? Almost in that kind of sense. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and I think their new coach, Coach Voss, I think really has come in. And, and again, I don't put a lot of stock in the Amy series. I know some people do. I don't. It's preseason. Yeah. It means absolutely nothing. I've seen seasons before where a team – goes undefeated, looks really, really good in the Amy series, and then they hit the regular season, then they can't do anything. You mean so like Carlton? I, I don't I, – I, unfortunately, I've seen that before. Oh, undefeated in the Amy series, and then they finish 15th in the ladder. So I, I don't put a lot into it. I, I'm encouraged by what I saw. Better defensively, but the issue I run into is Sam Walsh is hurt, so that's, that's a big cog out of their midfield. Mm-hmm. And Harry Mackay's injured. They've been, they've been battling injuries a lot this preseason, so we'll have to see how they go. Can they make the finals? Yes. Will they? I'm just not sure this is the lineup that's going to be able to do it. But we'll, we'll have to see. If they can stay healthy, they've got a good shot. There's talent on this list. This is a talented, mm-hmm. talented team. Whether they play up to that talent is the question. I think one of the biggest things here is I – I just want to see what Sam Walsh does in the in this next year. You know, um, obviously, an incredible season last year in twenty twenty one. 
I I hope that the injury doesn't hamper him too much. And man, it's it, I think that's probably the most exciting part about this Carlton Blues team as well. So just as a fan in general, it hurts to not see him in full force, right? And uh, that might be the most exciting thing about any that any Colin or Carlton fan had to look forward to this season, which is a bit of a bummer. Yeah, definitely. We'll have to see. Like I said, it's there's a lot of encouraging signs, but it's mm-hmm. will those encouraging signs lead to more wins and potentially a finals berth? We'll have to see. It's a long season. It's going to be a slog. It <laughs> is going to be a slog. There are 12 teams. I went through it. There are 12 teams I could potentially see fighting for a final spot this year. Yep. So having four teams that are not going to make the finals that are finals quality caliber is insane. It's going to be pure battle of attrition this year. Um, and that's going to bring us into the Collingwood Magpies here. So a little bit of a new coach, new pies, maybe a bit of a new identity. I think more importantly than new coach, new sunglasses for Mason Cox. Is that going to turn into a Brownlow winner? Uh, and can the young Dicos make an impact this season as well? Oh, Nick Dacos comes in, and again, Amy series, he's looked fantastic, but we'll have to see. Why don't you say, maybe, am I often just saying Collingwood itself feels way more exciting than maybe what I or what we were expecting to see out of them, at least in the Amy's? Uh, They were, and that's why I was saying the new coach, new pies, because this is a different pies team. This Mm -hmm. was a pies team that for the longest time was a kick mark team. They kicked mark. They wanted to hold possession. They wanted to keep the footy. They were a little more kind of using, kind of using the footy a little bit more, running on a little bit, playing on a little bit more, which I think is encouraging because it really is the style of footy that has been successful. Yeah. Is that play on use, use the advantages when you can. I mean, the, the stand on the mark rule, as much as everybody hated it, it did open up the game when it came to playing through the corridor, which I think it didn't fully get the scoring that I think a lot of people thought it would. But I think it, it, it did show that it could open up the game a little bit more and make the fast-moving footy, which I think a lot of us liked watching. Mm-hmm. Again, the coaches are going to do what they're paying Man, to Don, do. you have been called insane uh, for, that, for that take right there preseason, <laughs> but now you do – it's it's the very same thing to say. I'm I'm very impressed well, on how well it, that rule really worked out. Well, and I said it last year. I said I, everybody was like, "Oh, look at the scoring in the first round." I said, "You win," cool. and I, I and I said it in our podcast last year. I said, "By round Wait six, the scoring is going to go down because the coaches will figure it out. The coaches aren't stupid. They're going <laughs> to figure it out. They're going to tighten the game back up. They're going to make it the way, and that's what they do." It's, yep. I, I don't begrudge the coaches for doing what they need to do to win footy games. It's mm-hmm. it's one of the things that I get on some fans about. Is I said, "I understand that you want to see more scoring. That's great." then don't pay the coaches to win because if you pay the coaches to win, you're not going to get the footy you want because they're not <laughs> stupid. They need to win to make their paycheck. So yeah, I think don't try to pull McCray a Dolphins year, in the Brian Flores situation. Shout out to my, uh, the, uh, to my Aussies that understand that reference. You maybe one or uh, two. That's, <laughs> that, that is, that is great. I mean, there's more than you think. There's a lot of NFL, there's a lot of NFL lovers in Australia. Well, so I've, I got to give them little, that. Little side note. There's a fantastic group. It's called, um, Dang, I, I, I'll find them by the time we're done here, Piz. I would love to shout them out, but they're uh, Australian-based Gridiron fan um, podcast that I'll shout out. I'll find the name, but they're they're great. And, I mean, there's more than I expected. 
Yeah, especially. Unfortunately, I wish we, we could reciprocate that when it comes to footy, but unfortunately, we are we are we are a small breed. Full lacking. <laughs> like I said, Co- Coach McRae, I think, will bring a different team. This is a pious team that I think may shock a few people if they can keep themselves healthy. Pendlebury moving to the halfback line in the Amy series is an intriguing move for me because it lets him be him, mm. not in the midfield. So I, I I don't mind that move. The question is, will he? Will, will he flourish in that move or will he stagnate? That'll be the biggest question when it comes to there. So the pines are intriguing. And again, the sunglass, the sunglass hero of Mason Cox. Yeah. I've even seen some fans that think if he can get a nice run of games, he can make an impact for Collingwood up forward, but he's got to get a good run of games. He's got to stay healthy. So hopefully maybe the eye issues aren't maybe he'll clunk a few more marks now because he has the sunglasses. I am beyond excited to see Mason Cox this year because even though I'm not even close to a Collingwood supporter, you got to root for the sole American in that league and the guy with the, the charisma. And I guess um, also it's fun, not going to lie, a little bit of me, it, it's fun to root for him just because of how many people kind of hate him. <laughs> So it's good. it's fun to do that, and, and it's another little uh, gridiron uh, thing here. Jameis Winston got his LASIK surgery. He turned out to be uh, still throwing a crap ton of touchdowns with uh, way less interceptions. Maybe Mason Cox can do that one as well um, when it comes to, you know, increasing output. Obviously, he's not going to be throwing for touchdowns, um, but you, you, you get what I mean, all right? Um, <laughs> and I'm excited about this team too, Donnie. I am ex- because... They were so close last season, just not quite there. But now they got full season put together, and that is the Essendon Bombers. So is this the year that they actually win a final? And can Darcy Parrish kind of back up his best and fairest um, season last year and kind of really turn it on this next one? Uh, Essendon is the team I'm most looking forward to because they really did – they lit up the competition last year with yes, what they, they did. did. They, they became an offensive juggernaut. They became a team everybody was talking about. Oh, Darcy Parrish was part of that. He he absolutely lit it up. Nobody expected that from him. He had been a, a mid-level midfield, had never had that type of uh, – so I, I think, honestly, I, I think the second question could somewhat answer the first is if Darcy Parrish has the same season he had last year, they're healthy. They perform the way they do. Again, you're going to have to have Jake Stringer play well. You're going to you're going to have to have a lot of the things go right that happened last year. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think the Dons could win a final this year. But as I also said, there's 12 teams fighting for it, so they may make the finals mm-hmm. and still not get in. But they're progressing, which I think is great for this young side that I think has a ton of talent, a ton of things. I'm hoping Tippa. I'm hoping Tippa gets back from his injury and gets to play because he's an excitement machine. Uh, Anthony McDonald, Tippin Woody, you don't get a song without being a great player. So I, I hope he comes back. I really, really want him playing footy because he's such a blessing to watch. Now, unfortunately, we don't have Eddie Betts. So I, I looked at this as I think Essendon makes the finals. I'm just not sure they get it because there's just so many good teams this year. It, it's going to be interesting the battle for like a seven eight again grow up. Right. Oh yeah, <sighs> ridiculous. And I, 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 I have some. I guess fairly high hopes. Maybe I can put my. You remember what I did last year with my whole Sydney kind of thing, where I kind of uh, you were not as high on them as I was. I, uh, I, I'm not. 
No, no, I am. I'm taking full responsibility for their success of a season last year. <laughs> and maybe, maybe we'll see one. Uh, here's a little bit of a teaser for later. Stick around to our predictions for the finals because there's going to be a fan base that gets mad at me, and it's going to involve the Essendon Bombers. All right, so just just keep that one locked up in your mind. Um, but one of the teams with a big question mark around them is the Fremantle Dockers. So. Can they make finals this year? They, it, it's been disappointing. It's been injury filled. Um, you know everything going with Nat Five hasn't been great with that team, um, and they've almost had the same bug of West Coast anytime they're playing on the road hasn't looked great. Um, but also, what impact will Nat, uh, the aforementioned Nat Five have on this team this season as well? Uh, the biggest thing is can they keep him healthy? And, and I, I, I made the I made the suggestion last year a little bit is, will they move him forward a little bit more and make him almost the the stringer type where he maybe goes in for a center bounce, but then shifts forward and becomes more of a forward player. And I think that may make his that may extend his career a little bit more. I mean, you've got Grundy, you've got you've got uh, you've got Sarong. And you've got a few entry, a few Will Brody and, and Clark from mm. Geelong. I mm-hmm. think were two great pickups. They picked up speed. They're they're still young. They're still talented. This is a Frio team. I think is on the cusp of finals this year. Whether they make it or not, it will, will really kind of depend on can they go on the road and get wins. Optus Stadium is a fortress for the Western teams. They win games in Western Australia, but can they go on the road? to Victoria, to South Australia, to New South Wales, to Queensland. If they can get wins, at least three or four wins on the road, they're a finals team. If mm. they can't, that makes it much, much more difficult if you're can only if you splitting games, home wins, road losses. So that's my biggest issue there. Can the doctors make the finals? I think they can. I think they've got a list. I think they're growing. They're, they're one to 12. They're one to 12. Oh, yeah. This, this, is, this is a team. Frio... Essendon, Sydney, and uh, what was the other team that I was thinking of? Um, North Melbourne are, are, mm. are, are, the, are the four teams I think have young cores mm-hmm. and I think are going to be the teams that as these next few years go on, those young cores are going to take over. And we, we'll see teams like the Melbourne Demons, like the Geelong Cats, like the Richmond Tigers that have older lists they will drop back a little bit. So it'll mm-hmm. be really interesting to see over the next few seasons. But is is this a year that Frio's young talent gets him into the finals? We'll have to see. It'll be it'll be fun to watch though. It, it, it's it's going to come down. It's probably going to come down to like the last round or two at least uh, for Frio in this race to the to the eight. And in speaking of one of those teams with the older list. Let's talk about a team that whose window just might be about closed if they want to win a flag here, and that is the Geelong Cats. This this really might be the last year that they have the ability to truly win a premiership, and and if they come up short, they really might have to regret that deal for Jeremy Cameron as well. Yeah, it's hard not to argue that. I, I, I've been li- I've been listening to a few other podcasts throughout throughout the state throughout the states in, in Australia and, and one that I've heard I've heard this discussed is Geelong is kind of like a pyramid scheme is they've been paying they've been getting investors <laughs> to pay for now but will they get the money back in in, in the future and I like that reference because that's, that's the way, it's way been. they've it. been mortgaging they've been mortgaging first round picks over the last three or four years 
to stay in this window. You've got Dangerfield, you've got Hawkins, you've got Selwood, you've got Stewart, you've got all these great players that are getting to the twilight of their career. I hate to say it, this really is their swan song when I think it comes to their flag because I, I think Selwood's done after this year. I think Danger is close to being mm. done. Whether he is or not, that's the question. Is he at the peak uh-huh. of... I don't think Dangerfield is at the peak of his powers anymore. I think he's a little like Fife. I think they may have to move him forward to preserve him for later seasons. Hawkins, could this mm. be Hawkins' last season? We'll have to see. I, I, I think this is the season... I hate saying it, is that if Geelong was... If, if AFL was like the US, it was like the U.S. sports... Geelong would be the team that would trade their first round pick this year to get a rental player to win a flag. Like that's how desperate I think Geelong may mm. be to win a flag this year. So I, I, I think if they miss out, I think they will rue the day that they traded for Jeremy Cameron. Yes, you've got a young replacement for Tommy Hawkins, but you draft you traded so many first round picks in a good draft that you could have gotten several top up players instead of getting this guy so it'll be really really interesting to see um i i guess it, one of the things I, you're speaking I'm on flabbergasted is, by these guys right I, you're speaking on how desperate they are to kind of win that flag so i really want to see if that desperation truly plays into how they look on the field this season as well are they going to be the ones that you know clawing every second of the game to truly try to try to I guess reached the pinnacle in what seems like the the last spot for not just the team but for a lot of these players that you've mentioned as well. So this could play into two ways. This this has a chance to really make the Geelong Cats a dangerous team this year. I guess maybe a more dangerous than they might be on paper as well. Well, Geelong style will get them to the finals. They win games because that's just mm-hmm. the way they are. But the issue they're running into is is their style is not working in the finals once you get past the first once you get past the elimination games. Once yep. you get to the, the semifinals and the the the, uh, the premier the oh my gosh, the, the preliminary <laughs> finals, that's when they seem to fall apart. So mm-hmm. I, I, it really is kind of one of those it's like can Geelong with the list that they have play their style and win a flag, or is it really style that's going to hurt them in the long run too? So there, there's a few questions I have for the cats. Like the cats are a team. I legitimately, when I was, when I was doing my prediction, I flirted with them, not even making the finals because I saw some yeah. danger teams that I think may mm-hmm. progress more than they do. So mm-hmm. we'll have to see. I, I, I won't give it away, but I flirt. <laughs> I really flirted with having the cats miss the finals. You and I are both on that same page. It's almost like a coin flip with them. But uh, going from a bunch of clubs who are talking, all right, so can't they make the finals? Are they going to do well in the finals? Let's talk about a team. Um, can they avoid winning the spoon? And that is the Gold Coast Suns. Oh, I'm sorry. All oh, we're going to start things early this season, Don. All 26 of you Gold Coast Suns supporters. Um, and at least Duke Miller had a all-Australian season last year. Is that going to be able to be repeated? And who's going to be the one taking over the helms of this club as head coach as well? All right. So we'll, we'll state as this. is Part of that question is, is if, if, if Gold Coast win the spoon, 
Unfortunately, I think Stewie Doo will be given his walking papers. Yeah. It's sad because I think Stewie Doo has done a lot of good for that young team. He has really kind of gotten together to the point where there haven't been a mass exodus of young players the last couple of seasons because it's of hard what to have Stewie done Doo better done. than what he's done. Uh, yes and no. I, I still think there's some consistency issues with the okay. with these guys that I think that has really, really hurt them. Mm-hmm. So, I, and the worst part about it is, is the one injury they couldn't afford to have happened. And that was the King brother that was their forward, tore his ACL in the offseason. He's done. He's not going to play this year. That hurts them because they really mm-hmm. don't have a marquee forward that can take his place. They've got a bunch, they've got a bunch of guys that are okay, but nobody that can really step in and fill that role. As we saw last year, King was a game changer when he was on. He can change games so much. Mm. I mean, look at the Richmond game. He kicks enough goals to help him beat Richmond late in the season. Again, this wasn't the Richmond that was three premierships in four years, but still, it was Richmond being knocked off by Gold Coast. So it's not something that happened very often. So I look at it like this. If if they win the spoon this year, I think Stewie Doo walks. The question is, who then takes the role? Does the AFL go, hey, 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 Clarko, Clarko, can we talk you into uh, fixing up the Gold Coast for us? We'll give you $2 million because the AFL owns the team, so they can afford to pay him whatever he wants. Or do you see a Nathan Buckley step out of retirement, step out from behind mm. the mic at the media, and have him take over? There's a couple of, of very intriguing coaching abilities that are sitting there on the sidelines right now that – can step in for Stewie Doo if he sees himself um, no longer with his services needed at the Gold Coast. So this is a season that I I, I feel horrible for Stewie Doo because the question's going to be there all season. As soon as Gold Coast looks like they're not going to be there, does the management go bye and, and try to bring in Clarko before the end of the year, or do they let mm-hmm. Stewie do play this season out and then politely give him the door at the end of the season? And when it comes to Tuke Miller, uh, Tuke Miller's an incredible player. I think he can do it again. It's not going to be easy, but I think he can still have a best and fairest in an all-Australian season, even at Gold Coast, because he gets his mm-hmm. ruck back in Jared Witch, who I think really helped him out early in the season. Mm. But he played even he played just an absolute fantastic season. I mean, this guy could be all-Australian best and fairest Brownlow middle type of contender if he was playing in Victoria. But because he's in the Gold Coast, this guy gets looked down on a little. Tuke Miller is one hell of a player. Yeah, no, it, he's just he's just talent, man. He's single-handedly trying to carry this franchise. And so we'll absolutely see what happens this year, of course, just on given, you know, what Sui has been doing, you know, I, I, I guess part of me hopes that if it does go south, they'll let him finish out the season and not in kind of, I, I guess, do it a little bit more of a of a formal way. I don't know if that's a good way to put it, but you, I'm sure mm-hmm. you guys kind of know what I'm getting at there. Um, but that's going to bring us to undoubtedly the best team in all of competition this year. That's the GWS Giants. Let's go, boys. <laughs> the real team in Sydney. No bias. No bias. <laughs> no. Zero <laughs> bias. Uh, uh, um, you, you can't see the hat. Uh, but, of course, I'm excited for this year. 
I really want to see if they can back up their 2021 year. Can they make finals again? And also, what is Toby's suspension going to do to them early on in the season? Um, there's, you know, GWS has kind of been pretty good at digging early holes for themselves. So do we see them do the same thing again this year? Well, we'll have to see. I, I know last year, some of the games that Toby didn't play, the Giants didn't play too bad, but Toby is... He's a cog. Yeah. He's a key cog in this GWS team. I think his the start of the year is going to be tough. Mm-hmm. It is going to be very, very tough for the GWS. I, they've got some of their injury, some of their injuries from last year over. They, they should have a pretty full squad going into the start of the year. So I, I'm bullish that the, I don't think they're going to get in too big a hole. The question I have is, is that, Will the progression of some of the teams around them overtake GWS this season and maybe make them miss? Because they made the finals mm. last year, but they got in with a little bit of help. I mean, they had they had some games go their way. They got a couple of wins. They did, and they got in. So we'll have we'll have to see. For, so I GWS is one of those teams that I see as that that potential of the eight teams that made the finals last year. They're one of the, a couple that I see potentially being vulnerable with the progression of Fremantle, with Richmond getting he- with Richmond getting healthy this mm-hmm. year, with Fremantle looking like they could be solid again this year. There's uh, that competition. I think is going to cost somebody a final spot from last year. Could it be G- GWS? Uh, GWS is one of those teams I see potentially as that team that maybe gets knocked out. Yeah, and I, I could definitely see why. You know, people would be feeling that way about them. Um, not even just I am biased, but you know there are a little bit of worries when it when it comes to them. And you know, one of the things that I take a look at, if you want to, so Toby Green's BS suspension, by the way. I, well, the, the at least the length, the length that uh, I'm still a little bit irked by it. Um, not gonna lie, but. The six games they like got, they got to stamp they got to stamp out that type of behavior though. Yeah, you know, I, so, I, I, I understand it, but it understand still sucks. The length. I, I yeah. completely understand the length. I, I think, uh-huh. but here's the thing that, and, and this is again, this is more of they are trying to nip this in the butt underneath the AFL. The mm-hmm. youth leagues, I think, is where this can't happen. Like, mm. if this happens and it's okayed, again, I put in air quotes here, okayed by AFL. It's going to happen at lower leagues, and it's going to be an issue. I mean, they've talked about it. Six thousand umpire shortage in all of Australia. That is why they passed the new rule when it comes to the abuse of umpires this year. So what happened last year, I understand it's BS. I completely agree with you. Okay. I think the suspension was a little heavy, but they have to. Yeah. They have to, because if they don't, this could have worse ramifications in lower leagues and in the AFL. So it's one of those. Uh, that's a fair point. Toby becomes the scapegoat. If this Again. is any other player, and, I, and, and I'll agree with this. I'll agree with this. If it's any other player, if it's a Marcus Bontempelli, it's a game, maybe two. Right. But because Toby has a history and because Toby has done this type of stuff, that's why it was so aggressive. So I know. Yeah. I understand your, your gripe. <laughs> I agree with it. But I also understand why it was done the way it was. I don't Thanks. like how they had to appeal their own exactly. ruling. I, I, I kind of... But I understand it. Mm. 
I I I get it. It still pisses me <laughs> off, but I get it. But if you want to take you're a look a at the six fan, teams, you're allowed to. You are allowed to. Thank you, thank you. Tell me that more. I need to hear it. But the six games that they have while he's going to be out, of course, can't wait. Um, the plans are right now that hopefully we'll be able to live stream this over on Twitch for the first time this season. We got the Sydney Derby taking down, uh, taking place round. One, so of course the GWS Giants are going to be playing Sydney. Then they have Richmond, Gold Coast, Fremantle, Melbourne, and St. Kilda. So that's the six. And I think it's very – they could very there's, – there's a really solid chance that they come out this first six. At least, you know, batting 500, 3-3. Three three. I, I can see wins against St. Kilda, Fremantle, and Gold Coast. If they lose to Gold Coast, I will be very sad. Um, but, of course, Sydney is going to be a really good game. They almost always play well. <laughs> Richmond, it's going to be another challenge. And then Melbourne, Um, I, I, if they win, cool. That's a hell of a surprise. If they lose, that is a zero surprise right there. But I think 3-3 three three is reasonable through that through that suspension. Three and three, the Frio one, uh, Frio one, I'm, I'm uh, that one's a little iffy on me. I, I Frio, you know, two it depends and four on Frio probably the worst. Where, where yeah. the biggest question I would say is, where's that Frio game? Is it, is it Anopta Stadium or is it in, is it in Victoria? If it's in Victoria, I'm, I would lean a little more towards GWS than I would if it's in the West. It should be in Victoria or GWS so. I mean, in New South Wales. My apologies. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Get your states uh, that's, right, that's Coach Hess. Get your yes. states right. <laughs> Should be a home game for the Giants is what we're what we're yeah. saying here. Giants, <laughs> Giants Stadium, New South so, Wales. I'll, I'll get my Australian states right. I know Australian fans. Don't calm down. Comment <laughs> section. <laughs> I have more of a leeway when it comes to getting that wrong. Um, Donnie, you're you're the expert here. Come on, how dare you get the states wrong? Jeez. Hey, Especially also for all you Aussies over there, getting mad. Oh, New what's South that? Wales. Come on. <laughs> Uh, capital is the city of Idaho. <laughs> uh, what's the capital of Idaho, and what's the capital of Idaho? Those the, the, those questions we'll ask if we're getting mad at geography here. Um, but let's go on <laughs> into a team whose uh, colors remind me of Iowa, and that is the Hawthorne Hawks. Because how competitive will they be this year? And how will a Sam Mitchell coach Hawks look? And if you throw it back to last year, I truly think this might be one of the Best wooden spoons ever, <laughs> which is a weird statement, but they were awfully good for where they were on the ladder. Them and North were both two teams at the end of the year you didn't want to play because they were highly, right? highly competitive. No, that was under Clarko. That wasn't under Sam Mitchell. So we'll have to see. I'm unfortunately, I, I, I'm almost in agreement with a lot of pundits. And again, I don't always like going with all the pundits because usually that's mm -hmm. a bad sign. Because usually when all the pundits <laughs> say it, there's always, there's always a curveball. Yep. Well, all the pundits, no, almost nobody had Melbourne making the finals last year, let alone winning the, the flag. So it's, it's one of those. I'm always a little bit leery on this. I think Hawthorne's also, actually. Also, who's the one that said that neither it. Melbourne or the doggies are going to make it? <laughs> Uh, if I remember correctly, that was Heath Shaw. Yeah, not a great take there. <laughs> it was Heath Shaw after round nine. Heath, Heath Shaw after round nine. The, G, the former GWS defender said he didn't think the doggies or, or he, the doggies or the D's would make the grand final. Uh, he was eating crow pretty well, pretty quickly on that one. No, um, yeah. I think Hawthorne, unfortunately, unfortunately, I think new coach, new system, a lot. I I see them being more competing for the wooden spoon. If I'm if I'm honest with mm. you, whether I. They're kind of like North. I, I, I just don't. I 
I can't put my finger on it. I want to see a little bit more again. I don't know how Sam's going to change his team. Is it going to be a lot like Clarko mm. where he keeps most of the same things and just does a little, or does he scrap it, throw it in the bin and do something completely different? Because if he does, it's like many teams over here in the States when you get a new coach, you're going to take a dip because everybody's going to learn new things. So that's more of how I see it is, is if he scraps everything that Clarko did and he puts his own, how he wants them to move the footy, how they wants to play, how he wants to play defense, everything like that. Mm-hmm. You could see a dip where Hawthorne is again, back in that wooden spoon, 16th, 17th, 18th type of categories where I kind of see them. I, I think they're down there with the gold coast, the Norse and the Adelaide's unfortunately fighting over the wooden spoon more than the finals. Yeah. Which is, it's just kind of a weird spot because they're they're almost in limbo. They're not this really team that is like deserving of the wooden spoon. They're not just like outright outright bad, mm-hmm. but they're also not you know in finals level yet. You know, can they be there soon? Maybe, but that Sam Mitchell is a big question mark. But um, it's a big question mark. But I would be up cautiously optimistic if I'm a Hawks fan. I think I think that that's, that's I think you can I think you can be there, there's yeah. still there is still talent on this on this roster there's still talent there's still skill mm-hmm. but as I said this could be a coaching thing how does Sam what does Sam do I, I, I it's the one thing that I'm really intrigued by watching this team yeah. again I didn't watch much of the Amy series I'll put my hand up I didn't because for me it's it's meaningless it, it mm-hmm. tells me nothing except for little glimpses of things because most teams are, they're not going to, it's, they're like a poker player. They're not going to throw all their cards out and go, I, exactly. I, I and bet from there. They're going to hold it close to their chest. They're going to maybe peek a few things out there. They're going to, they're going to chip play a little bit, but they're not going to give you everything. So get round one, round two, round three, it's going to take two or three rounds before we kind of see what Sam Mitchell wants to do with this team. And by then, I mean, they could be 0-3. They could be 3-0. and We don't know. And like I said, it, it is a guess. But I go off of – I go off when you get a new coach, there's always a dip. There's almost always exactly. a dip. And, and I, unfortunately, first last three, year being down there, they're going to – Those first three could be interesting. They got a fairly good way to open up the season against uh, North Melbourne there. But then uh, back-to-back games against Port Adelaide and Carlton – might be a little bit tougher, but hey, uh, if you want a soft welcome, um, you know, is the head coach, the new head coach of a team, can't really ask for more than the ruse right there. Um, but that's going to bring us to the reigning champions of the world, and that is, of course, the Melbourne D's. So obviously, they were fantastic last year. They were good in pretty much every facet of footy. But can they get even better this season? How afraid should teams be of them? And I really do think that they have um, a fa- they have a fantastic chance of, of repeating this season as well. Oh, this D's team—they <laughs> were so good last year. They they were fun to watch. I mean, Petraka, Oliver gone. Their midfield was absolutely incredible. Love Max I mean, gone. They were they were one of those teams that the injuries did not seem to bother them as much as some of the teams in the league. So, can they be as healthy as say the Richmond dynasty there for a while when two or three seasons in a row Richmond barely had an injury and they were really really good? Everybody's going to keep. They are going to be the hunted this year. They are not going to mm. be the surprise like they were for the first 
five or six rounds before people kind of went, oh, oh the D's are for real. So <laughs> I, I think that's kind of the thing this year is that they're not coming into this season with the, mm, we think the D's could be good. No, they, we don't. they know. They I mean, know. everybody's coming. And so many people come in going, oh, the D's are going to be good. Can they win the whole thing? So they're going to have the target on their back this year. So it's going to be a little bit of a different season this year. I Again, most of their roster is back. Most of their roster is healthy. So mm-hmm. it, it's hard to argue that they are, they're going to be there. But again, they are not the surprise. So we'll yeah. have to see how do they handle being the hunted instead of the hunter like they were last year. The the the, the drought is gone. They, they won a cup. Now they're can they go for two in a row? We'll have to see. It, it'll be fascinating to see, especially considering them and the doggies are the first game of the season. The first time in several years that it's not Richmond Carlton as the opening game of the season. It is a grand final rematch. Doggies, D's, and last year these two teams didn't see each other until the tenth game of the season when both teams were nine and zero. So one of these top two teams is going to be zero and one after the first week, unless they go, unless a draw happens in the first game of the season. That's exciting. And that's exciting stuff. And they'll put them at risk of being that 0 and 2 mark because, of course, a uh, great friend of the show and also, you know, one of the best guys when it comes to the American side of AFL. Shout out to um, our lovely Brian. He's uh, his stat with the whole 0 and. No, sorry, it wasn't. Well, also, shout out to Brian because he's amazing. But sorry, it was, it was uh, Docker Man with the 0 and 2 stat, right? Or am I getting them mixed mm-hmm. up? I think it was yeah. It's, there 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 have been several statistics that if you go zero and two, it's a lot harder to make the finals. So you almost don't. You, you got to get off. Yep. Yep. Not all. Not almost. Uh-huh. I mean, last year. Last year we saw a couple of teams that that went zero and two and then found their way into the finals. Story, so yeah. it, it happens, but it's not easy because you're you're in a hole a little bit because you're you're normally it takes you two or three games just to get into the chance to get into the finals so yep. it again it's a it's a 22 game season so you have the opportunity it's not a life or death mm-hmm. but it is definitely a statistic you try not to put yourself in because it is as it is much harder to make the finals if you're 0 and 2 just after the first two games of the season absolutely it is and uh going from one team that's probably at the top of the league and to the other team that is in at the bottom of the league let's talk about the north melbourne ruse so but as we kind of talked about with hawthorne that they weren't necessarily a bad team obviously they weren't a good team but there was a lot of signs of life um throughout the season especially at the end of the season as well they played teams very tough um it, it they were it, it definitely was not like an easy, you know, win a, against these guys. So will that kind of end of the season play continue into the round one of the season and then the the rest of it? And will, you know, Jason Horn Francis make a big impact in that Ruse midfield? It'll be it'll be quite interesting to see. For me, as I said, a lot last year towards those last eight to ten rounds, North was a team you didn't want to play because they figured it mm-hmm. out. They knew they weren't going to win. They knew they weren't going to win most of these games, but damn it, they were going to try their darndest to make you earn it. If you were going to beat them, you had to earn your victories over that. Exactly. Now, they've improved just by their offseason moves. Jason Horn Francis is a generational player. He is a guy that's going to come in. He's going to make an impact. The South Australian mm-hmm. kid is absolutely electric. I mean, he's being talked in the same ilk as Petraka, as Oliver, as Dangerfield. They are talking this kid up. Again, those are massive, massive names in the AFL 
but everything that I've seen from this kid, he may be worth those comparisons. We'll have to see. Again, he's going to be in a very depleted team, but they also add Hugh Greenwood in what I consider the steal of the offseason, getting him out of Gold Coast. Him and Tuke Miller were yeah. two of the best players on that Gold Coast team. You bring in an experienced player to teach Jason Horn Francis how to play the game the right way. And I think this North team can put a lot, a lot of teams in the finals and just outside of the finals. They're going to give them headaches. I don't see these guys fighting for the spoon. Like, I legitimately see, I said, Gold Coast, Hawthorne, and maybe West Coast, Steve, a little bit mm. in that in that spoon category. I think Norse just outside that top, on that bottom four, maybe even at the 13-14 range where it's a better season. They win a few more games. They're not, they're, they're not near finals yet. There's still mm-hmm. some work to be done. But I think Noble has got the building blocks he needs to put North slowly on the path towards the where they want to be closer and maybe even in finals in the next few seasons. Mm-hmm. I, I, if I'm a Ruse fan, I'll, um, obviously the last thing I would be expecting is a finals berth. If that happens, you know, great. Definitely don't get your hopes up for that. But also, um, in like last season, you might not even see a lot of the results come in the terms of where they are on the ladder. But if you just watch the games, I think you can watch this with a lot of optimism and, and hope for the future. You know, it kind of what you're talking about, kind of what they showed the, uh, late last season. Um, it's just a matter of if they're able to build onto that. That is the biggest thing going into this year for them. And let's talk next about the Port LA Power because this is a team that's really interesting. You know, a couple of years ago, they were the top of the ladder all the way through, and then they couldn't get it done. They couldn't, you know, come up clutch. There's Then last year, they were near the top of the ladder the whole all the way through, and then they couldn't get it done. They couldn't come up clutch late in the finals. So is this the year that they actually make the granny? And a lot of, that, a lot of their success um, has been due to the amazing Ollie Wines and is he able to be in – well, obviously, he's probably going to be a Brownlow contention, but also, is he going to win the Brownlow as well? Oh, man. Again, the Brownlow is one of those where it all kind of depends on how a season goes. You're going to give it – you hate saying it, but your team wins. You got a better chance of winning three three votes, which gives you a better chance of winning the Brownlow. That's a fact. Which yeah. we saw a lot last year is that – Wines was almost always in the votes. He was always getting one, two, or three votes. He was always in the votes, where sometimes Bonson and Pelly's issue is Libertore would take votes, mm. McCray would take votes. So I, I think that's another thing where Wines' biggest, his only competition is Travis Boak. Mm. Is, is his only competition when it comes to votes for that Port Adelaide team most of the time. Again, sometimes you get their young superstars. Can they make the granny? Yes. Will they make the granny? Again, it's... They've been in, they've fought some injuries as well with Big Dixon going down with an ankle mm-hmm. injury. Whether he'll be good for round one, we'll yep. have to see. Um, uh, there's another, oh, oh, Orazio Fantasia was the other one. I was trying to think of the other one. He's still having knee issues. We'll have to see if he's there. Their youngsters are healthy, which I think they really missed them in the early part, in, in some parts of last year. If they can stay mm-hmm. healthy, I think they can make up for some of the losses. And Talk out of South Australia that I'm hearing Robbie Gray is an incredible Nick and is playing at some of his best footy he's had in his career. 
And if Robbie Gray is playing that well at his age, keep an eye out for this poor team. They've got the list. They've got the ability to be a granny team. Will they do it? Because again, the slog of making this finals is not going to be easy. It's going to take a toll. What team has the best stamina for this season? I think it's going to go a long way into who is where come finals ranking time. This is a great point. Oh, man. Oh, only imagine. <laughs> only imagine those are accurate, man. That is that's going to be something. Um, but speaking of a team that's like always in there, Let's go to the team that almost always seemingly wins after winning three in four years. Let's go to the Richmond Tigers. And obviously, last year was definitely not something that we really were expecting. And, you know, it, it, at the beginning of the season, and then a couple of bad losses late in the year kind of solidified themselves being out of the top eight. Injuries definitely didn't um, play played a role in that as well. But you really have to think that last year might have been an anomaly for the Cats, or is this a sign of things to come for them? And what can Dusty do to bounce back as well? Well, the, my favorite thing is, is that after the horrific injury that Dusty occurred last year with the with the rupture with the rupture in his spleen, um, he's back healthy. He's put the weight back on, so so thankfully mm-hmm. he's back and healthy. The guy is an incredible player. Yeah. I want him at his best. I I it really. Yeah hurt the game that he was not there, that he wasn't playing. And it really showed. Now, Richmond is not a one-player team. They are very much a team-oriented game plan, but they just happen to have a guy that can show up and can show out in Dusty Martin. Uh, I Honestly, I'm of the opinion, I think last year was an anomaly. They had so many injuries in one season that they haven't had over the last couple of years that it affected them. Mm-hmm. For the first time in this kind of Richmond dynasty uh, over this five seasons, they were decimated with injuries. Their back line, I mean, was being held together with anything that they could try to stick together to try to make a back line. And it still worked. They were still playing not bad footy, but their issue became is they were so weak in the back that it made their other sections weaker because they had to move people around. Damian Hardwick had to play with the magnets mm. and it really affected his team. I think Richmond potentially with mm-hmm. some of the youngsters that they brought in again, whether or not they make an impact with this veteran team, that's got a lot of guys that have a lot of game experience under their legs. It, it is going to be interesting to see, but it's going to provide depth for this team because they did have a lot of good picks inside the top 30. So they've, they've got reinforcements for all of those people that have been taken away from that Richmond dynasty over the last three seasons. I mean, so many Richmond Tiger players now find themselves in new homes because Mm -hmm. when you're the tops, everybody wants your players. That's what I think (laughs) Melbourne maybe is going to start seeing here in the next couple of years is their depth players are going to start getting picked off because you want the guys that are on those teams. So we'll, we'll have to see. I think Richmond potentially this year could make finals that if they're as healthy and as good as they've shown, and their style of footy stands up regular season and in the finals. This is a finals team if they can stay healthy. But if injuries start to get them again, they just Personally, miss out again. Yeah, of course. You know, um, personally, I, I think that um, is obviously. I mean, you never know what the health in injury thing is going to look like preseason. But the question shouldn't be if. 
the Richmond Tigers make the top eight. It's how high are they uh, when it comes to finals rankings? Um, and, of course, that will go a little bit more when we get to our finals predictions as well. Um, but coming up to, to some of the last teams here, we got the St. Kilda Saints that came Oh, so damn close to make the finals last year, but just end up not being able to make things happen. Um, but can they get? Can they kind of overcome that that hump that they reached last season? They got really close, just weren't able to to kind of finish it out the way in the way they wanted to. Um, so, are they going to be able to get over that hump? And is this the year that Rohan Marshall has his breakout season? Uh, we'll really have to see because, unfortunately, Rowan Marshall may have to because they're still having issues with their other with their other ruck who's who's kind of been fallen to the injury bug, which has really just snake bit the St. Kilda team over the off season. They lost Caulfield to an ACL injury. They they've had three or four players, and then they had Nathan jo- uh, uh, Jones leave well, on personal leave due to mental health. So. This is a very depleted St. Kilda team that has just been nicked by injuries. And this is a season that I think this was their chance to kind of bounce back. This was their chance to to get back to the finals. Some would say mm-hmm. last year was a little bit of an anomaly. They had some injuries, mm-hmm. they had some inconsistencies. That's why they didn't make the finals. This is a list that was put together to make finals, to, to contend for flags. And last year it kind of exposed them as did they go too far with their free agencies did but we'll have we'll, but we just don't we won't know so i i look at rowan marshall here is, is he's got to step up and maybe potentially be that marquee rock with with some of the injuries that they've had he, he's an incredible player but he's had foot injuries so we'll have to see how that goes st kilda I worry that their injuries may cost them another season. It could potentially put them in that bottom half of the ladder. Mm-hmm. And, uh, man, I, I can't help but feel bad for the St. Kilda team uh, throughout the off season. You've seen a lot of teams that have done a lot of good, you know, and then there's just been some where, unfortunately, it's not really like a thing that you could prevent as well. It's really just a strong case of bad luck for, for the St. Kilda Saints. And so you, because they they really like you said, Donnie, they really do have a good list. They are a good team on paper, but also it helps or it it hurts when you know not all those guys they have on that roster aren't able to be on the field, especially early on in the yeah. season where it's vital you get off to a hot start with how difficult it is going to be and um, to make into top eight with the competition we got going on this year. Yeah, definitely. It's going to be, it's going to be interesting, yeah. it, but if you can't put your best 22 out on the, on the field, it, it becomes very, very hard to win games of footy when you've got your 26, 27th, 28th best player on your list. Yeah, it starts to get a little bit ugly real quick there, but uh, let's get to your team now. None other than, of course, the marvelous Sydney Swans and for being such a GWS supporter that I am and, you know, us being rivals, it's weird that I've been so high on the Swans last, you know, the last season, possibly going to this season now as well, because I really love what they did last year. Of course, yeah, Buddy Franklin, I finally got to see him play some footy. Um, and so he is nothing but an amazing, legendary player of the game. So he's knocking on the door of a thousand. What round does he get in? And I think that, 
that the Swans, that la- the season the Swans had last year was just a sign of things to come. So are they going to be able to build upon that? And is that truly a sign of what this team is and who and who they kind of can be? Well, if if you talk if you talk to many pundits, they they agree with you. They, they say that that sun, last year's Swans team is is here to stay. It is a. It's all, a I beat the trend then. They're, I was on them last year. I beat the trend of the pundits. You might have. You might have been. You might have. They might have been a season ahead. You might. You might have just called. You might have called your shot perfectly. Um, I, <laughs> I, I'm not. In, I'm not going to disagree with you. I. I think mm-hmm. they're mostly the same. The, the loss of Jordan Dawson it, it will yeah. hurt a tiny bit, but bringing That's in tough. Laddams, yeah. I think, was kind of a. It was was an excellent move. Because, I mean, Hickey's mm. only got a few more seasons. Yes, Hickey had an incredible season last year. I don't think many people saw Tom Hickey signing, and everybody was going, Tom Hickey's going to be this incredibly great player for Sydney. I think a lot of Sydney fans were going, he's going to be useful because we've had issues with injuries at the ruck position. And he came in, and he yep. was absolutely fantastic. When he, had his, when he had his knee injury in the GWS game, if you ask some people, and I will disagree with this, his injury, I think, helped GWS win that first game between GWS and Sydney last year because it affected mm. the ruck contests. Because Hickey was at least evening all the things with Mumford. And when he went down, GWS started dominating the center clearances. So I really do I, – I, 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 Hickey was an impact player for Sydney last year. Can he do it again? But now he doesn't have to. Now he's got Peter Laddams, a young 23-year-old, really good young ruck that can move forward. He can kick goals, and he rucks pretty darn well. So I think if you're Sydney, mm. yes, you lose Dawson. But I think you'll take the trade because you've got some youngsters that I think are going to play really, really well. Now to the topic at hand, I'm going to say this, and, and I agree. Some Many people have said this. We are going to see the last ever 1,000-goal kicker in the AFL. The way the game is played nowadays, it is such a grind. It is so difficult. I just don't see another 1,000-goal kicker come through the AFL ever again. So we need to take this as a sign, as a as a lucky moment for footy fans because we are going to see the last ever 1,000-goal kicker. What round he'll do it? I think if you ask most Swans fans, they want him to do it in round two, not round one, which I think you as a GWS fan will, will smile a little bit at that. Because most of the Swans fans want him to do it in round two because that's at the SCG. That's at home where the first game is on the road. So I, I think he gets it in round two. I think he kicks three or four in the first round. So then maybe one goal in, the, in, in round two. So he gets to do it at the SCG. The fun part is keep an eye on it. Um, the thousand goal celebration is to rush the field, which here in the States would be like disaster. But it is it is a tradition <laughs> that. People run on the field, congratulate him. And I've already been told that both the Giant Stadium and and Sydney have already planned on prepping their staff to run onto the field at the same time that the goal is kicked, rush Buddy off the field, get everybody off, then bring him back onto the field if it happens. So the the prep has already (laughs) been started. We'll have to see. Hopefully Buddy does it the first couple of rounds because – I don't know if some of the Swans fans want it to happen at the MCG in round three or round four. We'll, ha- we'll have to see. Was he need? But it's definitely is it six, interesting. right? It's five. It's five. Five. It's five, five. for a thousand. 
Very doable. I mean, I honestly wouldn't be too surprised if he did that round one with some of the games he had last year. Um, but I love the young talent on this team. You point at guys like you know Isaac Heaney, and man, I am I shouldn't is a G is a Giants fan. I should not be a fan of his, but I loved him. Um, um, Tom Papley, he he's a lot of fun to watch. I'm sure you could agree with me, like vehemently with that one. He he's gonna he's gonna be interesting because he hurt his hamstring in that in that preseason game in the preseason hit out with GWS so I think he's gonna miss the first couple of weeks. His impact is gonna be okay. Is that to what see it was? Affects Isaac. He, yeah, he had a hand, hand, came off the hamstring injury. It's a low grader, but it's gonna be at least a couple of weeks. So, okay. which I mean, I I understand you want to keep this. The, the guy is an incredible player, and you don't want you don't want to risk him in a long term. He got whole season sometimes. Well, hamstrings are an injury sometimes if they're not taking. What's care that reoccurring just, injury can, that that? Yeah, exactly. Well, they can increase yeah. the, if you do them multiple times. If you can sit out for a couple of weeks one time, and then if you do it again and less than that, then it's four to six weeks. So you always have to be very, very yeah, careful. Tr- so trust I me, I know what's like when it comes to those strains and sprains. And I think that'll. Well, and I think that'll affect Isaac Heaney because there was a lot of talk of Isaac Heaney moving into the midfield, which I think some Swans mm. fans like. I wouldn't mind keep seeing him stay forward because he is such a great goal kicker. But I, I look at it as is that that may that may force Heaney into um, the forward line a little bit more because Papley's not playing. Now we'll, we'll have to see. Maybe mm. some of the youngsters, Errol Goulden, Brian Campbell, uh, move up forward and play a little bit more forward just to kind of make up for that loss there at that small forward spot. So we'll have to see. It'll be quite interesting to see how they handle it. But I think if they can get Papley through it, get him back by round three or round four, I think they'll be okay. Uh, it's not like mm-hmm. they don't have a daunting schedule that should, that, that they should be super scared of, but right. they'll want him back. So then he can be back at full fitness by the time they hit the, the good portion of the season. Yeah, I, I think they should be in the good spot there. Um, but the last couple teams is uh, the runner-ups for last year. That is the Western Bulldogs. Um, and you guys, they were obviously nothing short of great, you know, last season. But is that loss in the finals? Do you think that might be a little bit of a hangover that they can bring with them into the start of the new year? And uh, what about a little Oogelhagen? Can he... Uh, First into the doggies in uh, 2022. It'll be interesting because some t- some teams don't handle the losses in grand finals well. I mean, Adelaide Crows mm-hmm. lose the grand final and then kind of fall apart the next season. So every year is different. Every team is different. I think the doggies are just they've, – they've played enough finals. They're experienced enough. I think they'll be okay. But it, the, the biggest thing is how do they respond in that first game against the Melbourne Demons? Do they come out angry and maybe surprise the Demons with the Demons celebrating the the, the, the raising of the flag? Did the Donkeys throw the first salvo at the start of the season, maybe knock the Demons off uh, in that first game? So we'll, we'll definitely have Man. to see how that goes. Jamar Oogelhagen is in – you almost hate to say it. He's in a good spot for the future. Unlike some teams that you draft the number one overall kid, I mean, he's in, he's in, he's playing, he's he's the savior. Mm-hmm. You hate saying it, but Ugel Hagen comes into a team that forward line's pretty good, usually is usually pretty good, and he's a player that yeah. can develop. He can learn from 
Bruce. He can learn from Norton. So it's like there, there's a lot of good things for it. But will he bust into this team? I don't know because his height could almost be a detractor a little bit because they've already got Norton and they've got hmm. Bruce. Now, with Bruce's ACL, could we see Ugal Hagen kind of take over that second tall spot because of it? So we'll have, we'll have to see. I think once he gets in, he's going to show that skill, that talent, the ability that he has. He showed some glimpses last year, but he just he didn't get the big run of games because the doggies were playing really, really well last year. Yeah, they were. I mean, it, it's really hard to say a lot more about you know the, the the doggies here, just because yeah, they're just really good, and you know Josh Bruce, you know, could been against uh, North. Melbourne, um, I believe, but yeah, he he kicked ten goals. I mean, to no matter what team you do that against, it's still a a phenomenal tally right there. And there, just the the list that they have is is incredible. Um, and I'm, I'm beyond excited. Um, obviously, I'm a little bit more excited for you know the the, the Swans and Giants in round one. But if there's any other game to be excited about, it's definitely going to be the the rematch there between the D's and the Doggies. Um, but we're going to cap things off. The last team on the list is team uh, that, oh boy, uh, they might be one of the bottom um, four teams this year. And that's the West Coast Eagles. And they have the new logo, albeit it didn't really change a whole lot. They just kind of added a little extra line around it. <laughs> um I want to know what that person got paid to do that because I could have done it for a lot cheaper. I promise you that much. Um, but <laughs> will this uh, be the end of uh, Simpson? Is a is a coach of the Eagles if the if they finish near at or near the bottom? And just how in danger are they of being in that bottom four? If, if you look at their lineup right now, with the fact that they are they are we are less than. A week, we're less basically around from recording a week away from the first game, and they have 24 mm-hmm. fit and healthy players. 24. That's not great, Tommy. Two to play a game. So that means you only got two guys that aren't going to play at this present point. Now, they just they just brought in a new COVID rule to kind of make up to the, hopefully the fact they won't have to cancel games that if you have less than 28 players, you can sign somebody, they can train with you, and then they can be as part of your mm-hmm. active roster. So West Coast is going to get a little bit of help. But I'm worried that these injuries are big injuries. Elliot Yo's down. Shuey's down. Darling's not going to play because he didn't get the vaccination. And I, I hate saying it. I don't think you're going to see him at all this year. That mm-hmm. screws up your forward line because if you go into the season, if you're a West Coast board member, you're thinking you'd have Kennedy, you'd have Darling. Now you don't have Darling. So <laughs> honestly, I, I, I could really see West Coast being in the the wooden spoon argument this year because they just mm-hmm. they are so decimated with injuries. Yes, you've got some you still got some great players. I mean Willie Rioli is back. So that gives you a talented player. But when you're losing guys like Elliot Yo and Chewy and some of your really good midfielders that really kind of help out Tim Kennedy you're gonna struggle even with Nick Nat Newey at Ruck, you're still gonna struggle mm-hmm to keep people from scoring and to score yourself. So I Simpson is his job safe if they're in the bottom four? No. West Coast is too good a club. They're too prideful a club. A, a, a non-finals or a bottom four finish, I unfortunately, I, I see Simpson being given his walking papers. And then the question is, is who takes over? Do we see 
who takes the Gold Coast job? Which is more which is more desirable then? The Gold Coast job or the West Coast job? Ooh, maybe it depends if uh maybe it depends on if you want to be in the pre stadium or not. Uh <laughs> it's hard to to, to uh deny Optus there and man, I, I, I this is such a weird team because you remember, uh, unfortunately, I also bit into a little bit of the hype last season as well. But they, they've gone from a team where there's a lot of people talking about, can we see the West the West Coast Eagles win a granny? And in the span of just a year, they're going, oh, are they going to finish last? <laughs> a little bit of a fall from grace there, isn't it? Just the tiniest bit. <laughs> oh, that's... um. That's about the farthest you can go in terms of um, flipping sides there. So uh, that's going to be an interesting one. But that's going to do a question that we have to ask for each of the teams here. And obviously, there's a lot more you can talk about. So let us know your thoughts. Um, go ahead. You can, of course, find all this. You know, um, hit us up in the comments on YouTube and Rumble. Um, hit us up on social medias, at 4th Long Radio, on Instagram and Twitter. Of course, you, uh, Coach Hess is what... Um, what, what is coach is coach has a coach number, has right? 48. Coach that's has the 40. one that's the one go number four what's that 40 even mean no what's that 40 signify? Uh, i've was, never known it was for um a, a little bit a little bit of background on that is my hero as a child was a gentleman by the name of chris street he was a player for the iowa basketball team and unfortunately, his junior season after a team dinner before a game against Michigan State, he was tragically killed in a snowplow accident. And being an Iowa kid, playing at the University of Iowa, you are, are, are pretty well known. He, he, his, his death, unfortunately, was, was quite, the, quite the loss in the state. And he was, my, he, was, he was my hero as a kid. And that was the number he wore. And I kind of latched on to that number as a kid. Latched onto it after that, so anytime that I could wear the, that number to, to honor him, I did. So that's kind of that is kind of the reason that I did that. It's it's to kind of honor a childhood hero of mine. Well, the we find out something new every day. That's um, it, it's kind of cool how just like a number um can mean so much and signify. I know, especially with the numbers that you play with in sports. I know I have my own there. Um, but man, that. That that's a way more interesting answer than I was expecting. If I'm <laughs> gonna be honest here, yep. oh, I love it. I love it. Um, but of course, find him there. He's on uh, Twitter and Instagram. I guess a little bit more active on the Twitter, just historically, right? Yeah, Instagram. I, I'm I'm working on it. I'm working on working it. Working on it. <laughs> also, go uh, go follow Instagram's the Instagram's um, a little bit. I'm not a, I'm not a massive picture person, so that's Instagram's <laughs> a little bit more difficult for me to get into. Like at least with Twitter, it's quotes. It, it's more yep. words and quotes and stuff like that. So it's a little bit easier for me to do. Like with pictures, it's like I'm I'm not one of those. I'm I don't like just taking random pictures off the internet and throwing it up on my Twitter account. That's not something I do. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I really should, and, I, and I'm trying to work on it, especially with some of the podcasts that I do is getting yeah. something up there that, that kind of re represents that. So it's not easy, but I'm, I'm working on it. <laughs> <laughs> it takes, it takes a little bit of time, but Instagram is definitely a different of a beast there. But uh, the last couple things we got for you guys is our bold predictions for the season. And we're going to give you our finals and eventually our grand final prediction there. But Donnie, start us off here. Your bold, you have one bold prediction to make for the 2022 season. 
What would it be? Oh, I, I've I've been I've been stewing on this one because it's not something I, I'm not usually a bold prediction person. But I am, I so that's why would... I have to throw it in here. <laughs> They're fun. <sighs> Oh, this this one's hard because I, I, <laughs> my bold predict my bold prediction it, it's it's not going to go off my 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 uh, my predictions. This will be a, kind of an ad lib prediction mm-hmm. of any of the eight teams that I could see falling out of from last year. I think it's going to be the Geelong Cats. Now, in my predictions that I have later on in this, I have something a little bit different but that's my bold prediction like if there's a bold okay. one that i'm okay. throwing out there yep. that nobody's gonna see john cats missed the finals bold prediction the city swans win the granny <laughs> you <are laughs> right that horse oh, <laughs> maybe a little bit <laughs> but I guess oh, that, that's man. a bold, bold prediction. If I really my my legit legitimate prediction also is well, Donnie. Um, bold. Actually, this might be more of a bold prediction that the West Coast Eagles are actually consistent this year. But fortunately for them, it's going to be consistently bad because they're probably not going to win a whole lot of the games. <laughs> we're not going to see the flip flopping. I remember we were oh. discussing this before that. You, you, you sent me that, and yep. I was like, what are you talking about? I mean, there potentially could be a bottom four. He's like, yeah, consistently bad. Consistently bad. I was like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Consistent doesn't necessarily mean good. All right. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, 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 swans to the granny. All right. Um, but let's uh, hop into our finals predictions here. As we've been talking about. It was a tough one to to just pick the eight and let alone to pick the results of that of that then eight. But we're going to go through things and we're going to see. I got a little bit of a younger um, view when it comes uh, younger as an experience, not age. John, you're not that old yet. It's all good, my man. Uh, <laughs> but uh, got the rookie a uh, little bit with, uh, with my insight, and we're going to compare that to Coach, uh, of course, Coach Hess's, uh, Donnie's insight here. And we're going to see kind of what similarities we might get, and we're definitely going to see th- some differences. But, Coach, 8-1, uh, to one, you want to rank uh, your uh, finals? Yep, I can I can do that. Again, this is this is real rough. I kind of threw it together, and I bounced back and forth a couple of times. As, as we said, mm-hmm. off mic, there, there were a couple of times I actually did have Geelong outside the finals, but this is, I'm going to go with this again. This, this is all hyperbole. This is all going off start <laughs> of the season. It, it'll be interesting though, to see this. I think I have Richmond just making the finals at eight. I, I think they're going to be, they're, they're going to be back in the finals. I think Dusty Martin still good. This, this is still a relatively well-run team. I think last year, again, all those injuries, if they can stay healthy, they're, they're a finals team. I have the Essendon Bombers at seven. I think the Bombers, mm. I like this roster. I like the way they're built. I think they're a really good team. I just think they're just inconsistent enough. They're not going to be in the top half of the bracket, which I think is going to be a little bit easier for them to get off the schneid when it comes to finals wins. Um, mm-hmm. Six, I have Geelong. Like I said, I, I really skip this team a lot because I, I don't know what Geelong we're going to get consistently because – they're a team that can win regular season games. Can they win finals? Mm-hmm. But again, an aging list. We'll have to see how it's put together. I have Sydney Absolutely. at five. I, I think they're just out of the four because the, the top four teams, it's hard for me to see Sydney jumping these teams because many of these teams 
are just as good, if not even a little bit better than they were last year. At four, I have the Port Adelaide Power. I think Port's there. South Australia is never easy to go to, but they've had trouble sometimes going on the road. So I, I think they're going to get nipped a little bit. Uh, the Brisbane Lions at three, uh, they're, they're so good. I think once they get hipwood back, they'll be at full strength. They'll be really deadly. But Reina coming back into this side only makes this really good team last year just that much a little bit better. So I think they're going to be just as good. Two, I have the Doggies. Again, that roster is insanely good. Uh, they are going to be difficult to stop. The midfield can absolutely blow teams away when they want to. But the question is, how does English handle more rucking? Because Steph Martin, does Steph Martin play well? Well, we'll really have to see how that goes. And obviously, number one, returning champs, the Melbourne Demons. Yep. They're so good. Defense wins championships. They're going to be there. They're going to be there when the whips are cracking. If they can, again, it, it's all down to health. I hate when they do these predictions. I am predicting. I'm predicting this off of off of paper and off of no injuries. If I'm, injuries yep, exactly. do come into play, it's going to throw all of this into the hay baler. So we'll have yep. to see. So yeah, go Melbourne one, Dogs two, Brisbane three, Port four, Sydney five, Geelong six, Essendon seven, and Richmond eight are my finals teams at this point. It's okay. I forgive you for leaving GWS off because, of course, my 100% They were, they accurate... were nine. They were nine. Uh-huh, I, uh-huh. I had them excuse. in. I had them out. I had them in. I had, well, <laughs> I had Frio in, too. I had Ooh. Carlton. If, if Carlton plays the way they can, they could be – there's there's 11 teams right there with, with yep. St. Kilda if they didn't have all the injuries. As, my, as the 12 teams, I told a lot of people, the 12 teams that could make finals. That's how yep. deep this league could be if everybody's healthy and at their best. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I love it so much. And, of course, in time for mine, which, of course, not just uh, predictions, but, in fact, they are spoilers for what we can expect <laughs> to see. Oh, man. And, yeah, no, I, I kind of – this. some of these are tough because, like, I, I guess you've you've definitely seen more. I I get I have a little bit more limited window of what I've seen in terms of how good teams have been historically. So I have that to go off of. I uh, to go off of last season. Also, some of them are just straight up guesses. Um, just going off of a gut feeling. Are they going to be right? Only time will tell. And a couple of these might be a little bit bold as well. Um, but number eight, I got the Eston Bombers. Um, you'll note that Geelong has missed. My top eight, but um, just barely. Number seven, GWS. Number six, I got the Brisbane Lions. Um, it's just a, it's because the Lions, like, um, as we were kind of talking about earlier with them, is that they have a, a, a top four talent, you know? But it's just real. It, it's a bloated top eight. Like, it's hard. It's a very competitive top eight, but it's even more competitive top four as well. Um, above them is in number five is the Port Alley Power. Number four is going to be the Sydney Swans. They barely missed out on this four spot last year, and I think this is the year that they're able to move into it. Number three, I have the Western Bulldogs. Number two, Donnie, I this one might be a little bit bold. Um, but, you know, going off the health, as, as we'll put the asterisk next to everything as well. The Richmond Tigers are going to be back in form. I hate to say it, but I think it's going to happen. In, they're in number two. In a, number one, it's the Hawthorne Hawks. No, I'm just kidding. It's, of course, the Ds. Who else would it be? <laughs> 
Uh, I gotta have a little bit of fun. Oh, I always do. You, you, you bring the facts. I bring the fun. That's why we're the f- combo. Uh, that exactly that tongue well. Uh, Not yeah, as much no. as you thought it would, right? No, no, <laughs> no. Better in my head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but yeah, uh, Geelong. Um, yeah, this might be a bad curtain call for them. It's not necessarily just because they're going bad. This could be the ones where, I mean, straw, you might miss out by on points or let alone, I think, if I really had to give a a, a prediction here, Donnie, a specific one, Geelong is heartbroken if they miss out on percentage points to Essendon. Oh, boy. Uh, that, oh. That, yeah, it's a possibility. Essendon puts up the points. so And Geelong exactly. is a more defensive style. So I can see that happening. Mm-hmm. I, I I would like Estes or you know Geelong might have a better chance to win more games, but Estes is probably going to put more points in, in the games that they win. It is kind of the thing mm. they go there and percentage that might loom large um, on these teams. But uh, let's uh, let's take a look at, at the preliminary finals. The last four teams, of course. What what kind of killed me is uh, I'm su- the. Uh, it's it's a good system, okay. The finals. I, I won't say the p word for you for your Aussies. All right, I, I won't say that. I've made that mistake too often. The finals. Uh, <laughs> uh you and you guys and your lingo. It's all good. It. Oh yeah. Also, never say just Western because who the hell is that team? Uh, yeah. But who the hell is Western? I, what, it the Western me, Bulldog, instead of staying as Footscray, I, I, it would right. be so much easier if they were just still Footscray. So. No, but they had to change things up. At least I only know them as the Western Bulldogs, so it doesn't hurt me as bad. Um, yeah. But I, I guess it, it took me a little extra time to just I had to figure out that I got the right matchups in the right games um, because you know the whole finals system. I think it's a great system when it comes to formatting. Five and eight are always matched up with one and four, six and seven are always matched up with two and three. Yeah, that, but that it's the flip. It's the flip that hurts. You know, uh, it's like trying to flip to my one, brain. The two, the two, the two one goes up to the one line, and the the, the four goes down to the yep. two line. So, and. and the hip bone is connected to the leg bone. Yes, Donnie. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I love that but... bracket. I, the thing, though, is I, I got to say this. I love that bracket because the craziest part is you can get the one and two seeds to play each other in the preliminary final. Like, Which that's is how great. Crazy. Right? If, if things happen, like if three beats two, you can literally get one versus two and one preliminary. So speaking of preliminaries, what what two matchups do you, do you see taking place in the preliminary finals based off your top eight there? All right, so I I, I did my I did my whole bracket. Um, yep. Out, out the whole thing, and my, my two preliminary finals sees Melbourne versus the Western Bulldogs, mm. and the Port Adelaide Power versus the Brisbane Lions. Oh, those are my two preliminary finals matchups. With the winners being the D's over the Doggies and the Lions over Port Adelaide, giving us a Brisbane Lions Melbourne Demons grand final. Do you want my winner? We'll get the winners in a second. I will uh, catch up to you real quick. Um, I actually, so I have the top four teams are going to make the, the preliminaries here with uh, um, it's going to be the D's versus the Tigers um, in the preliminaries there. And, the doggies and the swans. Two. <laughs> yeah, one versus two, three versus four. That that's didn't mean for it to work out, but that's how it did. 
Uh, the Swans, actually, because I think they lose. I, I got them, you know, they're in the top four. They lose in the first one to the Ds, but they're able to pick things up against Essendon after Essendon beats Port Adelaide. That's the one I was telling you that might piss a couple people off. Because um, uh, I, 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 if Essendon gets on the roll that they can, it's not like Port Adelaide's a bad team by any means, but the single elimination mm. hurts, and... Essen yep. is like we're kind of talking about last year. If, if Essen could be a scary matchup in um, the first round of the finals. Yep. So they, 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 with their scoring and their ability to run the floor, run, run the run, they're they're they're, they're going to be they're never an easy matchup. I'll, I'll but, tell you that. So, but but that's a matchup I want. So I want to see them that, Yeah. That yeah, that would be a great fun finals one. game. So so of course in the grand final, I got the D's and the Swans, Donnie. So, give us a little bit of a drum roll. Drum roll. I, I guess I'll just bang on my desk real quick. It, uh, it's fantastic production value. I, I know you guys know that. Who's winning the grand final, Donnie? Uh, for you or for me? For you. Who's winning? Okay, I, ha- I have D's, I have D's versus Lions, and I'm going to throw a curveball. I have the Lions. Oh. Winning the whole thing. I, 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 I like the line. I like Cam Reyna coming back, I think, adds a little bit more to it. The Lions have been so close the last couple of years. I think it's one of those that they can get into a granny with their youth, their ability, and their, their athleticism. Their mm-hmm. speed with the footy around it, I think, may give that D's team a little bit of trouble, especially really come late in the season when you may have some nicks some nicks and some 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 niggles on teams. So I, I'm going to, I'm going to tip the lions to hoist their first flag since the, the triple, the triple, the, the triple premiership team of the early 2000s. Oh, that would be fun to see. You know, um, for me, it might be a little bit basic, but I do think that the D's are going to repeat. They're just as good, if not better than last year. And, I really do think Sydney has what it takes to make it to a spot deep in the finals like this, but that might be where I, I guess a little bit of their luck runs out. You know, they're going to be a good team for a little bit, but it might take another one of the years to actually get over the hump to be able to take home a flag. But the D's go from the long one of the longest drafts in like just worldwide professional sports, right? Just uh, it was the second. It was the third longest streak in the VFL AFL history only behind only St. Kilda is something like 50 years so no, it was it was the longest Melbourne at the time was the second longest streak ever behind Sydney behind Sydney and South Melbourne 72 years between flags and from 1933 to 2000 to 2005 so literally a lifetime <laughs> I, I, I remember I, I remember talking to some of some of the South supporters that I've that I've chatted with online. It's like it, when they moved up to Sydney, there were there were some that didn't want to, but the one thing that, that they had to give the Swans was they tried to stay attached to the old South supporters. Mm-hmm. And then in 2005, when they won, it was one of the biggest things they talked about was the MCG had a lot more red and white than they thought because they had all the South supporters there. So the one thing I got to give the Swans is that they've stayed in touch with their Victorian roots. In fact, I don't know if you saw this. For every Victorian road game that they play this year, they're going to wear their old Victorian V Guernseys 
in those games. Now, what do you think about them not throwing the collar on there is a, is a finishing touch? <laughs> oh, it, it'd be great, but those old, old <laughs> Guernseys, I think, are a, li- or a little excessive. But I, I, I think right. it's a great it is a beautiful, to their it's a beautiful jumper, though. It is, it is a beautiful. The, the the V is a beautiful Guernsey. I'll give them that. That it really is. I, I I'm looking forward to the Victorian games because man, it's just a good looking uniform, you know. Um, but mm-hmm. there you have it. Donnie, you're rolling with the Brisbane Lions to, to win it, and I got the D's repeating. But what a year we have to look forward to. My word. Um, can't, I Honestly, though, but like this is just like one of a thousand different po- uh, possible combinations you can have like with your top eight. Whether it just the – if you – I wouldn't be surprised if you have a different top eight from either of us let alone the order in which they're going to stand. So, of course, I would love to um, see that. Make sure um, to check us out. I'll be dropping our predictions in your own graphic form over there on Twitter and Instagram as we get closer to the season. So feel free, share yours um, in in the comments or share yours, um, um, excuse me, share yours like over on uh, our socials as well. Reach out to us. But uh, Donnie. It's it's just about that time now. Really, not a whole lot to do now, except, well, for us, we're going to draft our fantasy teams, and then we're going to wait for the first bounce of the year. So, what are you going to do to kill the time, and what are your last things you want to leave everyone with as we are just about a week out of games? Well, like I kind of started off with the International Women's Day. AFLW is getting to that time of year. There's only two more rounds left. We have this weekend's play and then round 10 and then the finals. I cannot wait. It's Mm -hmm. been a fantastic season. We've got six really good footy teams. If you get a chance, support the ladies. They are playing incredible football in some not easy situations with the heat, with the wind. And with COVID kind of causing some disturbances, but these ladies are playing some fantastic footy. If you get a chance to watch it, watch those ladies play footy. And then just a little bit of self-promotion here. If you want to hear a little bit of fun banter between six footy-loving Americans, go to Steez and the Dawn YouTube channel and check out the conversation that six of our league members had while we waited for our league to implode when it came to technical <laughs> difficulties. So that is the reason why we're drafting this upcoming Sunday. This will be absolutely fantastic. But um, it, it, we have a fun little chat about footy and what we kind of think about it and what we, what we think will help progress footy over here in the States. It's a very fascinating conversation. You get Gil Griffith from San Francisco, California, a writer and a, a reviewer of AFLW and AFL. Um, Lee Howes from from Carolina, who is a big footy head and, and a good friend of mine. Don from the Steez and Don podcast, who we chatted with a lot, and, and the the head of the Grovetown Pirates down in Georgia, which those gentlemen are doing absolutely great work for the game of footy in Georgia. We have my buddy Brad Croston, who is my co-host from my podcast, my sports podcast that we do together, and soon to be a assistant coach here with the Des Moines Roosters as well. A nice. good gentleman, great footy mind. And the man, the myth, the legend that is the Yank on the footy, Craig Wessels out of Sandusky, Ohio, a great gentleman who is doing yeoman's work when it comes to trying to help get footy on the map over here in the States. So 
a great conversation between the six of us. I, it's worth a listen. It's fun banter. Uh, maybe a few expletives thrown out there because we were having so much fun when it came to the draft. But definitely worth a listen if, if you get a chance as an Aussie to hear kind of six Americans and what our thoughts are on the game of football. Absolutely. Fantastic stuff there. And speak of Australians, you know, and their uh, thoughts on footy, go ahead and make sure to check out Donnie's um, uh, AF, uh, Australian AFL fan series as well. That just wrapped up a couple weeks ago. And there are some phenomenal characters um, <laughs> that, that you had on. Talking about <laughs> each one of the 18 teams there even got the um, almost Sasquatch-like elusive Gold Coast Suns fan on there as well. So it was a great series. Um, so Sasha, Sasha that... was awesome. She, I was so happy to get her on. I, <laughs> I, I told her about that, and she she got a good laugh out of a. We have we have a, the fan counter, the, the Suns fan counter. She actually she got a good little laugh out of that. So, but an incredible converse, so many incredible conversations. Some a little longer than others, and I thoroughly enjoyed it because it's just you get to hear great stories, which I thoroughly enjoyed because we don't have that connection to the game. We don't have 20, 30, 40 years like some of these people had. So it was mm-hmm. incredible. It was so much fun. Time-consuming, but fun. <laughs> you were quite the busy man when it came to that kind of stuff. But of course, that's why we love you. And just like how we love you, Coach Donnie, we love each and every one of you that has, uh, that tuned in to this preview of the 2020 AFL season. It's going to be it's it's just going to be a damn good one. All right, I'm beyond excited for that. Beyond happy that you're here with us. And I mean, both of the recent stats I saw on YouTube about you know 35 to 40 percent of you guys are from the land down under, and over on our audios, about 25 percent of you guys are. So huge um, portion of our audience are you amazing Aussies, and um, you're. Some of your ways are weird. Vegemite, still very alien to me. Um, with the hot dog, you know, just put in a bun like the rest of the world. Be normal. All right. <laughs> oh, please don't take offense to that. Oh, I'm going to get some angry people in, in the comments, aren't I? Just, all right, um, here. I'm gonna, uh, cherry cherry on, uh, on the top. Um, or I stand on the cake, Donnie. Um, I can't wait for the playoffs this football season. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Oh boy! I just feel good. the rage. I can just feel the rage of the the comment section. <laughs> this yeah yeah this is great. Um. Also, your toilet's flushed the wrong way. There we go. That's the last soap I'll throw at you guys. Oh, That's thank you gravity. so much. They for... have no choice on that one. <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys so much for for tuning in. It, um, really is amazing and beyond excited to have you here. If you're um, longtime supporters, thank you. Can't wait to have you for another season. If you're new. You guys are in for a treat when it comes to us throughout the rest of the season. If you liked what you heard today, you're going to get all of that and more. It's it's going to be fantastic, um, and you're going to want to be on along for the ride. So go ahead, follow us on our socials. And best way to find all of us is over at thefourthandlong.com. But coach, thank you so much for your time once again. We'll see. I'll, I'll see you on draft night. And we'll see all of you after round one of the AFL season. Keep it locked. S. McGrath comes in. It's on its way.